This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, this is Jordan from Smallville Batcat Shipper. Uh, this is episode number 159. And um, it's really weird, Tim. I still haven't gotten used to it. Um, <laughs> not, not having to say, you know, patreon.com slash Batman Universe in the beginning of uh, the show. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's been up with you, Tim? Well, let's see here. I so I, here's the one thing I did. I was gonna say because I unfortunately have much time to like do much, <laughs> but yeah. I did go out last weekend. Was able to make it to see uh, Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, I should say, Fallen Kingdom. And and I liked it. I mean, it's not. I I really like Jurassic World. I thought that was the best Jurassic Park sequel since yeah. the first one. And this one wasn't quite as good as that one, but it was different. A lot of good stuff in it, but there's stuff about the ending that I'm not quite sure I'm on board with. There's stuff I like about it, but things pretty much how it sets up for what the possible third one can be. That's what I'm really curious about. If it could be a good thing. And I don't know if you're going to end up seeing it later, Dane, if you want me to say what it is, but <laughs> no, no, don't, don't. Cause okay. I'm a, yeah, I'm going to go see it. Um, one question I had though, is do they have a problem? I mean, it's, it's probably, probably my only problem with, um, uh, Jurassic World is that they try to. Uh, you see, it's it's, it's kind of hard to say because um, it's like they try to do a T Rex without the T Rex, but they end mm-hmm. up bringing in the T Rex. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. like with that super dinosaur. Yeah, the uh, Indominus Rex. Yeah, Indominus. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, Indominus Rex. Um, does this movie have that problem? Um, yeah, it's more on the raptor front, though. But oh, okay. It's not throughout the whole movie, though, kind of like the Indominus Rex was pretty much the main uh, antagonist yeah. <laughs> throughout that whole movie. It's only kind of at the end where that this new like uh, hybrid raptor comes in to play and yeah. you know, <laughs> wreaks havoc <laughs> in the area they're in. But, yeah, see, I, but we were talking about how the Rex... Uh, takes on the endowments like that at the end. I thought that yeah. was such a great payoff in Jurassic World. And I remember seeing it for the first time. 
I, it was awesome. That was that's a cool fight scene between the Rex, the Raptor, and the Indominus Rex. And yeah. the Mosasaurus comes out and takes it. But when I saw it the first time, I didn't think that was the original Tyrannosaurus Rex from the first Jurassic Park. When I found that out, I was like, oh, man, that just makes it ten times cooler <laughs> that that is the same dinosaur from the first movie. And that it, you know, not only survived that long, but, you know, still kicking and <laughs> shows why uh, I was going to say king of the Jurassic Park, but it's be queen of Jurassic Park since yeah, <laughs> the old dinosaurs were girls. So. <laughs> but, yeah, I've actually been kind of on a Jurassic Park kick since I saw the movie this last week. Rewatched all the old the old films, which I haven't seen. Lost World, I haven't seen in 20 years, probably since it first came out on VHS. <laughs> I yeah, watched it for I, the first time. I haven't <laughs> seen Lost World since I saw it. Uh, opening weekend, whenever it came out, what was that? Like 1997? Yeah, it was 97. Yeah, ni- 1997. Um, I did rewatch uh, Jurassic Park recently, the first movie. And, you know, it's a, it's a great movie, of course, right? Yeah. Um, but I just have one question, um, and that is what, and, and it's, it, it hasn't been touched by Lost World, uh, Jurassic Park 3. Uh, and Jurassic World is um, whatever happened to Dodson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that storyline hasn't really been followed up. I mean, what company was he working with? I mean, what company was trying to uh, steal the dinosaur DNA? And, um, you know, y- you see that uh, shaving cream canister mm-hmm. covered by that dirt or whatever yeah. that was. We always thought that was going to be the sequel set up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like what happened to Dodson? What happened to um, the company he was working for? Are they like, you know, oh, th- thankfully we didn't, you know, uh, recreate dinosaurs and make a park because the Jurassic Park happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Or is it like, or, or, or like, you know, just, just what happened to Dodson? Well, that was one of my disappointing things when I saw The Lost World, the movie, for the first time because I read yeah. the book right when it came out, and Dotson was the main antagonist of the book. And oh, I figured, really? yeah, oh, so he's going to be you know the bad guy for the second movie, but nope, <laughs> they so, went in a totally different direction. So, so can you can you explain like who Dotson is beyond what we've seen of him in the movie and like what his role is, what company he works for, what the company is doing? Yeah, see, I'm a little fuzzy on that oh. <laughs> since it's been over 20 years since I've read that book. So that's another thing I've been wanting to do now that I've been in a Jurassic Park mood is reread both books, especially the first one. Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe of getting the audio book of that, listening to all that is. But I want, just want to go back into the book universe because I know uh, there's a lot more stuff in it that wasn't in the movies. But um, from what I remember, and also, too, uh, I've been – there's this great YouTube channel that's pretty much nothing but Jurassic Park videos that can fill in some of the gaps of questions you might have. It's a uh, Clayton uh, Ferrati, if I'm saying that right, F I O R I T I. He makes some good Jurassic Park videos with information and gives reviews of the movies and talks about the books and stuff. Yeah. And I watched one not too long ago about you know one of the sequences about why Dotson was on or going back to Isla Sorna, the second island. For the Lost World book and what do yeah, you want yeah, and, to do and, there? And, and that's a big thing, Tim. Um, I think it's Isla. It's not. It's okay, the, I, yeah. I heard both. Yeah, Isla. Yeah, Isla so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I think it's Isla Nubar. But, okay. Yeah, uh, it, it's just a little thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'll defer to your pronunciation <laughs> pronunciation of it, Dane. But, but I just remember from watching that video again. It's a little bit I remember like he, him and two other people that he work with. I mean, they're still trying to get you know they're trying to sabotage Jurassic Park and to get the dinosaur embryos for their own gain, and they're still. Do, and he still wants to do that in the lost world, but instead of going after you know the dinosaur embryos, he's going to steal some eggs off the uh, eyeless Sorna, not Nubar, <laughs> the second site B. Yeah. So it kind of plays out a little bit like the movie where they encounter a family of T Rex, where there's the Tyrannosaurus nest and they have the baby that gets injured, uh, but they're there to steal the eggs to take it back, you know, to still. That's what I'm not sure on or don't remember on too much. If he was going to make his own park or was he just, you know, doing it for other financial gain other than what John Hammond had planned with creating an amusement park. That's stuff I'm not remembering too much and something I would probably have to refresh myself on if I reread it or watch more videos that say what it is. But mm. he was definitely there to get more dinosaur, <laughs> uh, uh, not the embryos, like I said, but the eggs, but get it for his own personal gain and get money and all that stuff. But he was written like such a... You know, this is a your typical really evil, cold like villain you'd have in a movie, like not caring for <laughs> the people yeah. he's working with and, and just like backstabbing people. So he was amped up a little bit more than definitely what we saw in the movie, <laughs> as far as him being a bad guy. Well, you know that's the funny thing going back and rewatching Jurassic Park because I guess if you haven't seen it in a while or you you saw it when you were a kid. You know, you you love it. There's dinosaurs. There's you know, all kinds of things, right? But then you watch it as an adult, and it's still a great movie. But like, you realize that John Hammond was a really corrupt businessman. Uh, even I remember even more so in the books too. Like he's played yeah. a lot worse than how yeah, he is. If you think like about he doesn't it, have much remorse in the book. If you think about it, the only reason why he gets Alan Grant to you know oversee or or um i can't remember what they're uh, the, the to um impress that lawyer yeah who, to get um, their endorsement and all that yeah yeah to get their endorsement is because he's paying for their dig site right mm-hmm. so yeah. he, he's paying for their archaeological study so he he or he he sort of says like if you do this and and i'm not saying telling you what to say but if you if you come then i will fully invest in your your um studies right yeah i think so, in the movies in like the next three years yeah. <laughs> he'll fund them yeah so i was like wow he's like a really corrupt businessman <laughs> <laughs> is not now remind me is is john hammond in um lost world uh the movie yeah just in the beginning yeah right right yeah and Lex are timid in the beginning too, like for a oh, brief yeah, little camp. Right. Yeah, um, and you know, I was thinking like, so th- obviously these investors that the lawyer represented, you know, lost their investment, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was just wondering, like, after Jurassic Park, Lost World, um, uh, Jurassic Park three, and then. Um, Jurassic World. Who, who would invest in a Jurassic World? You know. Yeah, I know there's the guy who took over and created the park, Ms. Ronnie, I think his name was. But yeah. I know there's a background story, like some of those viral videos I had before the movie came out that I explained that, if yeah. I remember correctly. 
but that goes into all the details of you really wanted to find that information out and how we got, you know, control of the park again and use John Hammond's findings and all that stuff. So I think there is an explanation out there. I just don't remember exactly how it all went down. Right. And another thing too is, um, you know, just, just watching Jurassic world, the first one, um, mm. th- there is no way that you or me or anyone, you know, <laughs> I assume would be able to afford going to a park like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you have you know, to, first you have to fly yourself to Costa Rica, right? And let's say you're mm-hmm. taking your family, so you and your two brothers, right? You have to fly you and your two brothers to Costa Rica. Not only do you have to fly them to Costa Rica, you also have to either fly them or uh, take a boat to the new island, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not only that, but you also have to pay your entrance into the park right so i mean i think this is only for like the super rich right not to mention staying at a hotel on the island too hotel. <laughs> i'm sure you're not just gonna go there for a day <laughs> food I, I bet you, you you're at least paying 25 dollars for half a cheeseburger right yeah <laughs> it's gonna be like disneyland times 10 <laughs> <laughs> i mean the lawyer Gennaro in the first movie said it best. I mean, we could charge 2000, 10,000 and people will pay it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hammond's all, Hey, these, this park wasn't designed for the super rich. And he's all, Oh, well we can have a coupon day or something. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they did have that. <laughs> a coupon for what? <laughs> yeah. Mean, is it the, is it the, the emission fee? Is it the plane ride? Is there a package deal? Like, yeah. like travel, like travel agents, like, They'd be like, okay, it's all inclusive, you know, trip to Ala Nublar or whatever. Yeah, there's got to be some, like, like you said, some package that includes like, the park entry, yeah. staying area, hotel, food, and all that, <laughs> <laughs> which would probably still be like $5,000. <laughs> 5000 Tim. I, I, I think it's at least $30,000. <laughs> I think it's at least $30,000. See, that's the information we need to get in these new movies. Yeah. <laughs> How much did it cost to go to Jurassic World? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's been fun revisiting those movies. Like I said, I haven't, well, I've seen Jurassic Park every so often because it's one of the best movies ever. But Lost World, I haven't seen in, like I said, 20 years. And the third one, I still watch from time to time. I, I still like that movie. So I mean, if I had to rank them all right now, which is a lot easier to do than ranking Star Wars movies, <laughs> that's, there's only right now five of them. But probably go. Jurassic Park, the best, obviously. Jurassic World. And then right now, I'd probably still go Jurassic Park 3, then Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and then The Lost World Jurassic Park. The Fallen Kingdom could creep up into the third spot. Maybe once I see it more and kind of accept more what happens in the ending. And because there's also a, not a, well, it's kind of big, but not necessarily a big plot twist, but a character reveal that happens in the movie that i felt was kind of unnecessary it only served one purpose that even then i don't think was needed and yeah I'll, you'll, you'll definitely know what it is when you see it day <laughs> but yeah it was something that I felt like it was just thrown in there for a twist sake and at the same time jurassic park movies don't need twists <laughs> in the plot and all that so i felt that was kind of unnecessary but didn't derail it it just something that was kind of a little eye rolling but yeah, I don't know. So I'll be curious to hear what you think of the movie once you see it. Yeah, for me, um, ranking wise, I guess 
excluding uh, Fallen Kingdom, is um, you know uh, Jurassic Park, and then World, and then uh, you see. Here's where I'm torn: Is it Jurassic Park three or is it Lost World? Because I remember enjoying Lost World. I haven't seen it since. I mean, like I said, since opening weekend. <laughs> in 1997 so over 20 years ago tim yeah it was, uh, <laughs> it was, like the same for me too but the when i watched it again yeah it was kind of how i felt when i first saw it back there disappointed with it and it's really not too much for me that i mean it has its moments but even some of the big action set pieces like the part where the two tyrannosaurus build like you know destroy that trailer that yeah. malcolm and the other two characters are in like that wasn't even that great because to me, anyway, because the Tyrannosauruses were barely in it. I thought they had a much bigger role. They were there to get the baby back. They eat one of the guys who was trying to help them in their car, and they leave, and that's it. You don't really see them do much there. I mean, the sequence is long where Malcolm and you know the other characters were trying to escape from the trailer falling off the cliff, but the dinosaurs didn't play a big role in it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, so Jurassic Park 3 with uh, Alan Grant. um Talking to a dinosaur, talking to a yeah. raptor in the airplane, <laughs> uh, um, and then Lost World. Um, but I'm really, really interested uh, to hear your um, choice, Tim. Do you prefer um, Dr. Ellie Sadler or do you prefer Vice Admiral Holdo? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Dern. Which Laura Dern? <laughs> Uh, I'd probably go. Enjoy. I'd probably go with Ellie Sadler. Uh, no, it's Doctor Elisa. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't forget that. Yes, Doctor <laughs> Ellie Sadler. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking of movies, I think we should get to our Dark Knight Rising minute by minute commentary, Tim. Let's do it. Oh, and by the way, Tim, I I I hate to say this, but I've. <laughs> besides the saga continues i've unfollowed every single star wars account that i follow <laughs> well dane with how these different star wars twitter handles podcast fans on you know twitter has been the last few months i don't blame you yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> i've i've i i i hate to say it but it's it's turning into a really bad community and oh, i feel yeah, I, I, it is yeah yeah, and I feel like, you know, you and Kyle and, you know, wh- whoever else is on your podcast. and uh, Paul. Yeah, he's our new host. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's – you guys are in the mon- minority, it seems like, where it's positivity instead of mm-hmm. – you know, just get getting angry over the the smallest things. You know, like like how can Holdo be a be a vice admiral? You know, yeah. I was like, and, <laughs> you know, she, like she has purple hair. How can anyone who has purple hair be and a prom dress? In charge? You know, yeah, like, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, if if you're sort of analyzing a movie that 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 much, you know, maybe it's maybe Star Wars isn't for you, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's funny that. You know, this sort of thing, like the sequel trilogy, like like Solo, like Rogue One, that's supposed to bring so much joy to, you know, so many people. Yeah. Is 
bringing out the worst in them. You know, it's yeah, it's really sad. It's 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 terrible, and it's it, it's it's so bad that you know people that are supposed to be on the same side, you know, Star Wars fans are fighting with each other, and it, it's gotten to a point where you know I'm only going to follow you know the saga continues, and I'm only going to follow Tim because it's, <laughs> it seems like everywhere you turn, it's every sort of criticism, you know, Kelly Marie Tran and, you know, like Holdo and last Jedi. And you, yeah, know, and you got these stuff. people trying to remake the movie and thinking they're going to get funded for oh. $200 million and get the approval for Disney to remake the movies. Like you've got to be freaking kidding me. That's, <laughs> I saw like, that. And that's terrible. How delusional do these people think they are that that's going to happen? Like, <laughs> Like first off, you think Disney's going to give them the okay and the approval, yeah. <laughs> and, and you th- not only that, you think you're going to get Mark Hamill, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver all come back and reshoot <laughs> a movie they already did? Like, give me a break! It's like that really irritated me when I saw that, and then when I was thinking about it, you know what? I hope they do get their money and try to make this and see them fail so miserably, <laughs> and how they would try to make this movie and in their mind make it better and what the fans really want that's what bugs me the most is when these people think they're speaking for all star wars fans right. and how you know that nobody likes the sequel trilogy and all that stuff that disney has ruined it we're speaking for all the true fans and that irritates me no no end when they think they're speaking for everybody when in reality uh, they're in the minority and yeah the reaction to last jedi i would say is probably split from those who love it and hate it but for those who are that obsessed upset about it and obsessed with changing it and they're in the real minority there and it's just so yeah. sad to see and pretty pathetic so so you know i mean i have a question about that so you, you know the you know phantom menace right that there's that weird phantom cut or whatever it's called uh, i've heard uh, there's probably seven of them now i never yeah or, you know whatever that is yeah. right they, they recut the movie so what is there i mean i mean like with the Phantom Menace, it was like Jar Jar and, you know, or whatever, right? Um, what is their intention? I mean, w- w- yeah, what's, ex- what's, what are they going to cut or redo or whatever for uh, The Last Jedi? I, mean, I know. What's the story twist going to be? Is Luke going to survive? And Probably you know, that. They'll probably yeah. try to give him, you know, a really, you know, cool action sequence and oh, where he uses the force and bring down the walker in a lightsaber battle. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I have uh, unfollowed on Twitter. I've stopped listening to major- uh, the majority of Star Wars podcasts. Um, besides the saga continues, I don't really... I just can't do it until there's at least a, a glimmer of pos, uh, positivity somewhere in these podcasts. So, well, yeah. I appreciate you sticking with our podcast, Dave. <laughs> well, it seems like you actually enjoy it, Tim. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, like at, at least you know when you talk to Kyle, when you talk to um, uh, Paul, it seems like you actually enjoy a talking to each other and b talking about last jedi talking about um the new animated series projects that they're going to be doing talking about um star wars as a whole it seems like you guys actually like it 
which is something odd. <laughs> it, <laughs> I know. It's just sad you have to say that, that, you know, it's yeah. rare to have a podcast that likes what they're talking about. <laughs> That's what it should be in the first place. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I don't like uh, Batman versus Superman. I don't like Justice League. I don't like Suicide Squad. I'm not going to go out and start a petition to get two hundred million dollars to redo Batman versus Superman, uh, I'm not gonna boycott Warner Brothers. Uh, I'm not gonna boycott DC Comics, right? I'm not gonna call AT and T, you know, to <laughs> to complain to somebody that's trying to, you know, help me with my phone bill about Batman yeah. versus Superman, you know? I'm not going to do that. You know what? And it's, I thought, now that you mentioned, I think there's people already trying to get AT&T to release the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Yeah, I believe exactly. that's already happening. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, that's, uh, funny. that's funny, though. He said, oh, I'm paying my phone bill. By the way, could you yeah. try to release the Snyder Cut? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I, I don't like the movies, Tim. And I, I, I don't like where the comics are going currently with the, with the uh, Bad Cat Wedding, right? No offense, mm. Jordan, <laughs> but I'm not gonna, you know, make that de- big of a deal about it because I know things do change, and I know that they are working on stuff. So you know, maybe I just have to wait. It's not ruining my childhood. I'm yeah. not, you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's... It's, it's not ruining my fandom. You know, so yeah, that's that's the right attitude to have. It's not where. You can't like something, but it's just where the extreme lengths you go to show and tell that you don't like something <laughs> and how it pretty much affects your life is what's <laughs> what's the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy out there. <laughs> yeah, I only fo- only follow the saga continues. Only follow uh, Tim <laughs> and and uh, Kyle. I feel and, honored. Yeah, <laughs> it's too bad Kyle barely tweets though. Oh, uh, he does. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let, let's stop all this negativity and let's get to our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary going from, um, one hour and 47, uh, minutes to one hour and 48 minutes. Um, so like always grab your VHS copy, grab your DVD copy, grab your HD DVD copy, grab your laser disc, uh, grab your Betamax. Grab your Blockbuster physical, I mean, your Blockbuster membership card. Uh, Grab your Netflix physical subscription thing. Uh, (laughs) Wait for it in the mail. (laughs) Your envelope, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the red envelope. Um, And grab your favorite version, right, Tim? The absolute best version version of uh, Batman. Sorry, The Dark Knight Rises. And, um, of course, grab your uh, VHS to DVD converted copy. Best quality Um, available. (laughs) And just cue it to the 107th minute. And I'm going to give the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready? I am ready. All right. uh, Three, two, one, hit play. Still on. John Blake and did we ever get I guess I should have looked it up since yeah. our last episode if that was really if the name of it was St. Swithin's like yeah it <laughs> is right I thought it was okay yeah. 
and Bruce's back is pretty much officially <laughs> healed at this point. <laughs> he didn't lose any muscle mass in that time. No push-ups, no pull-ups. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> think like we're going to get our look at his first attempt at the, the climb. You know, if I ever, you know, break my leg or break my whatever, right? I'm going to go to prison mm. because prison surgery seems like it works. <laughs> Not just any prison, but the oh yeah, the this prison, prison where you're stuck in a pit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sh- we just passed that shot where he's climbing up. Yeah, you know where we thought originally in the trailer that that was going to be like the well that he fell down of and. Batman Begins and they're harking back to that. I mean, it has that look visually, but I remember thinking it was specifically climbing the well to the Batcave, but nope. (laughs) Something totally different. Did you think that he was going to make that jump on the first try? Um, No. Yeah. It sounded a little too anticlimactic if it was because, you know, especially, you know, looking back how it does play out when he does make the jump successfully, what a great moment that was. And this one right here didn't have that buildup quite like that one had so. yeah yeah not really yeah. um so yeah that's our dark Knight rises minute by minute commentary and now we can move on to our featured topic for this episode tim yeah which is going to be the dc universe streaming service finally unveiled yep, this past thursday as a recording this episode warner brothers and dc finally unveiled the curtain on not all the details but some of the stuff we could expect to see on their long talked about streaming service. And yeah, it's going to be called DC universe. We've heard rumblings before that it should be coming out in August, but it looks like the fall is going to be its official launch date. They haven't given a specific, you know, date as to when it's going to launch, but in August there's going to be a beta, which you could sign up for and register, which I already did that day. So hopefully I'll get in, but yeah, we finally got some details on what we can expect on as far as, content that's going to be there new shows old shows movies comics which is going to be cool so it was a pretty big reveal that we got and we're going to go over some of the details and just our reaction to what we think of the service and i guess if we're going to be signing up for it but uh right off the bat my initial reaction when looking at everything that was revealed for it um i just thought because at first i just released a trailer and i saw that and i thought oh man this is everything i was hoping it would be it's got, you know, the new shows that we knew were coming, like Titans, Young Justice, Outside and The Outsiders, and some other new shows like Harley Quinn, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing. It's gonna have those. It's gonna have classic TV shows, and there's gonna be the classic movies on there, classic animated movies. And there was reports about the having a digital comics uh, catalog in there and all the trailer highlighted all that stuff and it got me excited. Like, yep. I'm ready to sign up now. <laughs> Just tell me how much and when it's going to be available. I'm ready to go. But um, uh, so after the trailer came out, there was they released like a press release with some more information on it. They have an official website now, uh, which I believe is uh, DCUniverse.com. Um, but they had some of the finer details on there, which explains how um, some of this stuff is going to work. And I got to say, my excitement is still there, but I had to take it down just a little bit because there were some details that made me, you know, less enthusiastic about it than originally planned. But um, before I get to that, let's uh, talk about some of the, you know, the big stuff that was unveiled in this trailer and some of the press release. So they released the first batch of 
the new shows that are coming specifically for DC Universe. Like I mentioned, we got DC's Titans, we got Young Justice and the Outsiders, we got Harley Quinn, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing. And the only one, one of the big news is that was revealed in this announcement was that the only one that's coming with the service when it launches is Titans. And uh, like I said, we don't have an official date from when the service is coming out, but Titans will be there when it launches. And it's a little bummer that Young Justice was not included in that because it was being built up to be a, a series that would launch with the service as well. But that's going to be pushed back to 2019 along with the Harley Quinn show. So those are a little disappointing, but hopefully it won't be too long because we just get the streaming service in the fall. It'll just be a few months until 2019. And hopefully those shows won't be too far off. But man, Titans is looking pretty cool. They also released two new images of uh I think this is Brandon Dwight's his last name. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. But this is new pictures of him in his Robin costume. And man, it's an awesome, awesome costume. <laughs> it's like the classic Tim Drake costume from the 90s brought to life in a really cool way. I just love it. So um, I don't know how long he's going to be in it. If, hopefully, what I'm hoping for is going to have pretty much this first season as Robin and transition to Nightwing maybe when this first season is over. But I'm hoping this suit is just not for the first few episodes because it's just too good to <laughs> only be used uh, for the first couple of episodes. So it's just really cool. And it's, uh, they have an official description for it, too. It says, Titans follows young heroes from across the DC universe as they come of age and find belonging in a gritty take on the classic Teen Titans franchise. Dick Grayson and Rachel Roth, a special young girl possessed by strange darkness, get embroiled in a conspiracy that could bring hell on Earth. Joining them along the way are the hot-headed Starfire and lovable Beast Boy. Together, they've become a surrogate family and a team of heroes. And it definitely looks like they're going for a more darker, like I said in the description, a grittier choice just on those two images of uh, Robin here because he's definitely been, you know, seen some action. His face is kind of bloodied and bruised, and his suit is as cool as it looks. It's not in the pristine condition, but uh, I just think it looks cool. So, yeah, it looks like we're going to go more... Uh, with this first season storyline and we're dealing with Raven and you know I guess it's going to start off with her and Dick and then they'll meet up with Starfire and Beast Boy so it's all sounding good to me I'm liking how it's looking too with those two Robin uh, images that we've got and hopefully we'll get a trailer not too long (laughs) uh, since it's coming out in the fall so the new DC TV show stuff that are coming uh, still sound pretty cool and nothing too you know that maybe raises an eyebrow too much as far as you know, the only thing this Young Justice being delayed a little bit. But other than that, everything seems to be on schedule for what they have planned with these TV shows. Uh, well, that was the other thing. Because uh, we knew about the Harley animated series. We heard about Doom Patrol. But one thing I didn't know about Doom Patrol is what they described in the description for it. Um, is that Cyborg is going to play a role in it. Because um, it says that they're called the Doom Patrol is called into action by the ultimate hero for the digital age, Cyborg. Banding together. Uh, these rejects find themselves on a mission that will take them to the weirdest and most unexpected corners of the DC universe. So um, uh, that was kind of a surprise to me and it made me think, man, I don't know if the, <laughs> the DC movie universe is going to be using Cyborg again anytime soon if he's going to be using this TV show. So that was kind of a surprise to me. So well, kind of not banking on the Cyborg movie <laughs> happening anytime soon, unfortunately, but uh, we'll see how he's using this series. So as far as the new TV shows, that are coming to the service. Um, yeah, everything still excited for what's to come. We're just going to have to wait a little bit longer than what we originally thought for the other shows after Titans, but I'm still excited for those. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, excited for the, the live action films. Um, 
because if you're going to watch a Superman movie, right, you, you, mm. you're not going to watch Quest for Peace. You're, you're not going to watch <laughs> uh, Superman 3. You're not even going to watch Superman 2. Well, here's a good thing about that, though. If you want to have a good time and laugh a little bit, how ridiculous Starks and Superman 4 is, it's available for you now. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you, you, let's say you have nothing to do on a Saturday night. Well, now you do. You can watch Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, or you can watch the Supergirl movie uh, that they did back in the 80s. Um, or you can watch uh, Batman Forever, Tim. Man, yeah, you're right. This is, you could have a really good Saturday night of movie watching if you start with Superman 4, Supergirl, Batman and Robin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just have a fun night of laughing at all these, you know, fantastic four-part, I guess with the case of Superman and Batman, the fourth installments of the movie franchise and with Supergirl thrown in the middle. I mean, not going to get better superhero action in those four, three movies. <laughs> and if you get sick of that and you want something a little more, something more of of substance, Tim. You can watch Batman the Animated Series. In HD. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Not gonna lie, obviously, this is the thing that got me most excited. You know, yeah, but we know you, you do have to be careful, right? Because there are some HD cuts where, and I'm not talking about the Animated Series, because mm. I mean, this is the first time, right? But there, there are some television shows and movies where you see them in HD and then you're like, wow, that looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it does bring out some of like the old like flaws or dust. Maybe that will be on some of those yeah. <laughs> episodes. But you see, this has got me thinking as well because we know we got the announcement about the Blu-rays coming out sometime this year. And I hope that's still the case because one thing I thought, okay, this is coming out in the fall. They're getting that many animated series on there and hopefully that means the blu-ray release will not be too far behind or around the same time period so hopefully that's still the case because i'm definitely still getting the blu-rays no matter what i just hope that this doesn't either delay or put on hold the blu-rays thinking okay let's have them on the streaming service for a bit and that can be the only way you watch you can watch it in hd because that would be a little disappointing because i was been all hyped up ready to get another box set of the animated series in hd on blu-ray so hoping that's still the case but Another interesting thing here, and all this information we're going off of right now is from uh, the BatmanUniverse.net, where Dustin put up a good article that's breaking down everything that's going to be included, uh, not only just from the press release, but also um, putting together information just on the trailer, like some of the images they had showcasing what's going to be on there that's kind of in the background to get a good idea of what's going to be on here. But in regards to the animated stuff, he brings out an interesting point here where it looks like it's only going to be the first two seasons of Batman, the animated series, which is a little puzzling to me and hopefully it won't be too long to get the rest. Maybe it's something where they're still in the process of upgrading the series to HD and they only got the first two seasons done and it might be a little bit for the less to, for the other two. So I thought that was kind of curious. I just hopefully it won't be too long till we get those. But yeah, I mean, on the animated front, there's just a lot of good stuff packaged in here. You've got the animated series, Teen Titans, and I know I've been really slacking on that rewatch I was doing about a year ago. Hopefully now it'll be on the streaming service. It'll be a little easier for me to get back into that. But that's going to be on there. Super Friends, Legion of Superheroes, Young Justice, the first two seasons, Static Shock, the, the Fleshed Superman series going to be on there, which is great. Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Batman Beyond. So 
great collection of animated stuff that's going to be on there. And then even you mentioned the movies, Dane, but the live action TV series that are going to be on there. Wonder Woman from 1977. That's another thing that's going to be in HD for the first time. The Flash series from the 90s. I mean, there was only one season, but <laughs> it'll be fun to revisit that series again because I haven't seen it since it first aired <laughs> in 1990. So uh, that's going to be cool. Uh, Birds of Prey. Eh. <laughs> That's going to be something I guess you could put in the Superman 4, Batman and Robin category. <laughs> I, 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 I thought that was like half a season, right? That that aired? Yeah, it, I don't... Yeah. Was it a full season? I know it was only one, but I'm not sure how many episodes were in that first season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then there's some of the older stuff like the Superboy show, The Adventures of Superman from 1950s and the George Reeves ones, you know, the Constantine show from 2014, and then The Adventures of Lois and Clark, which that could be a fun one to revisit as well. So... <laughs> So all that stuff is cool. And then the animated films from the, uh, you know, recent animated movies lines they've released since 2007. It's not going to be all of them. Just going to be kind of a collection, I guess, of stuff that they're putting on there. But that's kind of one of my nitpicks about this. And you can kind of say this about all streaming services, but kind of wish they're they just throw the whole catalog on there. I mean, because one of the things that got me kind of bummed out is that a lot of the stuff is going to be in rotation. Which, you know, like how Netflix sometimes has movies and TV shows for a little bit, then they come off of Netflix and after a few months they come back or a year or two or something like that. So looks like that's going to be the case for DC Universe as well. And going to be honest, that is kind of a bummer because how awesome would it be just to, I mean, you're paying for the service to have just a one stop to have all this great DC content in one place and not having to worry about one show or one movie being there and you want to watch another one, but it's not there yet. But when that one comes on, the one you want to watch with it is not there. So all that stuff where you got the kind of have to wait and pick and choose type of thing. If your show that you're really looking forward to is on there and how long it's going to stay. I was hoping we'd avoid all that, but it looks like that's not going to be the case. And which is one of the big bummers I have about this announcement, how a lot of the stuff is going to be in rotation because um, it's just, I mean, having you know, and me loving my animated series stuff, and especially the DCAU. It looks like for now we're going to have all that stuff on there, but Superman was not listed on that press release. So once the Superman, the animated series, comes on there, is Batman Beyond going to leave? Is Justice League going to leave? I mean, that's the disappointing part that I was hoping to avoid with it. I mean, have everything there in one, you know, section of this DC Universe service where you can just pick. You're in. You want to. You're in the move for something animated. You can have any selection you want just to see what you want to pick and choose to see. But sadly, that's not going to be the case where you, there's going to be a good portion of stuff and content on there, but it's not going to be everything, which is what I was hoping for. So going to have to get used to that. But I feel that's a little disappointing. Yeah. I mean, especially like if you if you really like Batman, the animated series, and then they, they take it off and for some reason and they give you the Flash 1990 television show right mm. so that's a little disappointing but if if netflix is any sort of indicator i mean netflix has the next mutation too and that somehow survived <laughs> <laughs> numerous changes it's been on there for a while <laughs> yeah numerous changes to netflix's lineup so well yeah that's on there and the tmnt movie is no longer on there that's yeah that's a crime <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, just, I guess it's probably something we have to get used to as far as the rotation of the movies and TV shows. So, yeah, I guess because I just don't like the idea of 
you better watch it now before because you just don't know how long it's going to be there and just to have that idea where you know you could it could always be there whenever you want is not going to be the case so but we'll see how long it lasts i mean it's all still a question it could be a long time it could be a few years or whatnot until the rotation or it could be a few months until some gets taken off so we'll just have to wait and see yeah and if i had one sort of piece of advice for anybody that's going to sign up for this it's to wait um uh, they, it, when this comes out, it's probably not going to be perfect. There's probably going to mm-hmm. be streaming problems. Um, sure. Every single streaming service has this problem. Um, and I'm talking about MLB uh, TV. Because w- when that first came out, it wasn't very, very good. Maybe it was my internet connection, but uh, games would drop out. and um, If you hit the pause button, it wouldn't restart. You know, j- just little things mm. like that. But they, but they did improve on it. And now, you know, there's the, the, the multi-game, multi-camera option. And there's all these sorts of things. It streams a lot better. So if I had one piece of advice is to wait initially. Wait till they perfect it. So that, you know, you, you get the best uh, possible experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot are going to take that route, too. <laughs> just, yeah. There are... I imagine they would have like a free month trial or something like that. To oh, right. Yeah. Get you acquainted with it and see how it works before you officially pay the monthly fee or the annual fee. Yeah. I mean, that's the big question. I just want to know how much is this going to cost? I mean, that's, that's the big factor in if this is all going to be worth it or not. So, but the other big thing that, you know, got me excited, but I had to take a step back after reading the finer details about it was the digital comic collection they're going to have on there because, for a long time, I've been waiting for DC to do something similar to what Marvel Unlimited has done. I mean, that Marvel Unlimited service is such a great deal. You just, you know, pay a monthly fee, and you have tons and tons of backlog collection of classic Marvel stories. I mean, it's just it's really great. And for for me anyway, I haven't had a scenario where I go, you know what, I want to read this old comic story. Or like if one of the new MCU movies has come out, I uh, want to catch up on a comic book story that it's going to be based on. Um, I can just go to that un- Marvel Unlimited app and it's there. I haven't had a situation where I wanted to read some and it wasn't there. They're just collection. It is so good. And they had how it works with newer titles. You have to wait six months until a new comic comes out for it to be on the Unlimited app, which is, isn't too bad, really. So I've been anxious for DC to do something like that for a long time now. And right now, this is the closest we're going to get, but it doesn't sound like right off the bat anyway that it's going to be anything close to what Marvel Unlimited Service is going to be. And I'm hoping it's something where, you know, it's not going to be, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a huge collection of comics that are going to be there right off the bat, but I'm hoping the collection will grow. And as the years go by, it'll become something like Marvel Unlimited. But I'm not sure if that's going to be the case because one of the other disappointing things I read about the comics, kind of like the movies and TV shows, those are kind of going to be in rotation as well. And it's going to be, you know, a curated collection of comic books where it's going to be kind of handpicked to, I guess, go with some of the TV shows, movies that they have on there to tie in with it. Because I think in the press release, I don't know if it was Dan DiDio or Jim Lee who in the comments in the press release said, how they want it, they want it to be where something you watch a TV show or a movie, and then you can read the comic book story with those characters or the story that it's based off in the same service. I mean, which is great, but I just don't like how 
that's going to be in the rotation thing too and how it's going to be handpicked and curated, which again, I want it to be there, but then stay there and then just have your collection grow and grow and grow like the Marvel Unlimited app does. So it's going to start off with a lot of, you know, new 52 titles, it seems like, but also some of the classic stories like action comics, detective comics from the very beginning, like the first appearance of Superman and Batman are going to be in there. It's adventure comics. And so it's going to be kind of all over the place. Um, I'm not sure if there's going to be very many rebirth titles. I think there is, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a good collection of that. So and it's going to be interesting to see how many issues of these titles they're going to start off with, like how many, because I doubt they're going to be the whole runs. Maybe in certain cases it will be, but I don't think it's going to be the whole thing. So at the same time, it's one of those things where I'm glad DC is finally putting their foot in the pool in this uh, subscription digital comics arena like Marvel has been dominating in. But at the same time, it's not quite what I was hoping it would be. And I'm still hopeful maybe they'll learn from this and get to that point where it is Marvel Unlimited. But uh, it's just going to be a long wait, sadly, still for it to be like the service Marvel Unlimited does. But it's a step in the right direction. I just think they need to make some changes as far as how they're going to operate having these comics on there and have it being curated in a rotation. So a little disappointed to read that as well regarding the comics. But I don't know. Was that ever a big feature for you, Dane, having the subscription for comic services? Uh, Yes and no. Right. Um, Mm. Yes, because I, or maybe I should start off with the no. Uh, the, the, The no, because like you said, you read the finer details and they're going to be switching things out. They're going to be changing things. And what if you like Batman, I don't know, 700, right? Mm-hmm. And you like that comic and then it's gone and it's replaced with whatever, right? Yep. So no, not really. Um, but yes, because, you know, I, I kind of had a, um, idea recently where instead of ra- raising the price of comics to whatever it is, yeah, why don't they do a monthly subscription service where uh, a digital subscription service where you pay a monthly fee and you get the the back catalog, you also get all of the comics, uh, new new uh, releasing comics mm-hmm. where, um. You know, like, let's say the the wedding issue comes out. So you get that, but you can also go back and read year one, right? Yeah, or even so, like all the previous issues leading up to the wedding issue that Tom King has done. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then instead of raising the prices, just do that instead. Um, and let's say you like Batman, right? You only like Batman. But then you have the entire catalog in front of you, so you can pick up Green Lantern, you can pick up Justice League or JLA or I don't know, uh, Wonder Woman, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you can read that new issue, and then you can go back and read Wonder Woman's or what ca- what, what came before that issue, and the entire history of Wonder Woman. You know, it's it, it's. I mean, especially in this day and age where. Not a lot of people are reading comics, you know, a, a way for people to have everything in front of them and the new releases. But, I mean, like, the only problem with that is I'm sure it would be expensive. I mean, we're talking Jurassic World uh, <laughs> prices. <laughs> uh, so, like, 
it would be like $25 a month, right, for everything. So, like, yeah, I was just thinking about that. But Yeah, and I, I mean, I'd be all for that. I think paying extra would be worth it to get the newer titles yeah. along with the back catalog stuff. I think, for me anyway, that would be a worth of, <laughs> like, if you said, like, was like 20 or 25, something like that for the newer titles. Yeah. As much as there is, I, I think it'd be worth it, so. Yeah, because you're not nece- – I mean, if you're a Batman fan, you're not necessarily going to go and go out and buy a Green Lantern comic or a Cyborg comic. You are going – you're going to only read Batman comics. And with the raised prices, it's going to even limit you because you're only going to buy Batman. You're only going to buy Detective Comics and you're only going to buy whatever else – you yeah. like you're you're never gonna go and pick up Green Lantern. You're never gonna go up and pick pick up the Flash. You're never gonna go up, go out and pick up a Cyborg comic. You know, so yeah. Sadly, I'm already that's affecting me. As right, as, right, exactly. You know, limiting my comic purchases now. Yeah, right. So so maybe you liked Aquaman, right? You, you, you liked the story, but you didn't love it, right? But you still picked it up because you liked the story. They raised the price, the, the the prices on comics, and now maybe you didn't like Aquaman that Aquaman story that much, right? Yeah. So you're gonna uh-huh. drop it, and you're gonna pick up Batman and Detective Comics and whatever else, right? So maybe if you have it like a subscription service where y- you can get anything, it's it's all in front of you, like a not all a cart, but just like all in front of you, yep. and you can read that Aquaman story that you like. And you can read all of the Aquaman stories that came before that um, to a certain point or whenever the beginning or whenever, you know. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird tangent, but it's just an idea. Uh, no, yeah, I'm with you on it, too. I mean, like you were mentioning how even if you're just a Batman fan, the, a subscription would be worth it that way because there's plenty of Batman titles out there for you to choose from. Not to mention his back catalog of, you know, right. thousands of issues when you combine Batman and detective comics and other titles he's had over the years. So I would definitely, it would definitely be worth it for someone who was doing it just for like either Batman or Superman. But if you're a DC fan, it'd be such a no brainer. And yeah, that's yeah. why yeah, the Marvel unlimited app. I mean, it's not perfect where it has every Marvel comic just yet, but it has all the main ones you can look for. And like not every completed run either, but I think it's getting there and you just got to give it time. But the idea that, you know, it's there all the time. And because like I said, I had no issues with wanting to read a comic on there and it was gone. I don't think they do rotations on there. I'm pretty yeah. sure they don't. Because to me, anyway, in my experience, it doesn't seem like they do. Those stories are still always there. And if anything, they just keep adding and adding, which is what I was hoping the DC would do for their digital comic streaming service. But it looks like that's not going to be the case, sadly. So I'm just hoping to let, let it be like this for a while and maybe they get enough feedback from fans saying how they want something that's a little more permanent that has the back catalog of issues that are going to stay there and then something that grows and maybe they'll change it up. So we'll see, but a little disappointing on the comic front. And then those, so those are the big main things, the new TV shows, the live action films or classic live action films, classic animated films, classic TV shows, live action and animated, the comics. Then they're having some like a community section where, you know, it says the DC yeah, there was that. I think it was all access app. Yeah, they had something where fans can communicate and talk to each other on there. But now I guess they're going to kind of incorporate something like that into the DC Universe streaming service. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm not 
I don't think that'll be something I use too much. I do all my social media interactions on Twitter, so <laughs> don't know if I'm just going to have too much interaction on the DC front. But um, I guess the people who like that, it's just another avenue they can enjoy with the streaming service on there. The only thing that sounds cool on it is that there's going to be kind of an encyclopedia that's going to be run by the community, I guess, kind of their own wiki <laughs> for DC stuff. So that should be pretty cool to have in one spot there. And then the other thing, they're going to have exclusive merchandise and I think discounts that you can get um, only through the DC streaming service. So we'll see uh, if there's anything good on there. I know in the trailer they showed and in the press release these exclusive Justice League figures from the animated series. They look really good. So um, if there's more stuff like that, it could be something that could be pretty cool. And also the um, uh, Ask Me Anythings with the creators. Um, seems like they're going to mm-hmm. somehow do that through the app. Okay. Yeah. I think I missed that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. To have that as be part of the social media hub, I guess, on the service that they're going to have on there. Yeah, it says uh, DC also mentions that there will be a discussion forum for fans to connect with DC creators. While this is an, an assumption, expect uh, Ask Me Anythings using the forums in the future as any way DC can leverage fans using the, the discussion forums will be made. So, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Or it seems yeah, like so that's I guess- where they're heading. Yeah, I guess not detailed out specifically how it's going to work, but yeah, Dustin put it right there. It seems like that's what it's going to be like. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they're also going to be bringing this to TVs, you know, like the um, the Apple TVs and the is it Amazon Fire TV? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? I wonder if they're going to make apps for that where um, well, you can watch, you know, all these shows, all these movies. And you can even yeah. read comics on a big screen. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing I, I was going to mention, too, about the yeah. comics. Cause, I mean, they made a point of saying how this is going to be such a new, really cool way to read comics now, like on your TV. It's like a new comic viewer yeah. that's going to launch with it. So I'm curious to see how that's going to play out and how much that would work. Because that'd be kind of cool to <laughs> read and enjoy yeah. a comic on your TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I know it is going to be on most of those platforms. Like you mentioned Amazon Fire and yeah. like Androids and iOS and all that. But... It just better be on the Xbox. <laughs> I mean, that app better be on there. Or else I'm pretty screwed as far as watching it on TV and stuff. <laughs> oh, you don't I mean, have like an Apple TV or a Roku yeah. or a... Oh. Nope. Everything is through my Xbox. So. <laughs> I would assume they usually have all the major apps that come out. But now I'm a little worried that it's not going to be right away. I mean, because I didn't see Xbox on the press release as far as things that's going to be on. So yeah, <laughs> got me a little worried. But it, I, I think it'll, it'll be on there eventually at the very least. But... <laughs> So, yeah, that's pretty much what's been revealed so far about the DC Universe streaming service. A lot of it sounds really cool. I just think the big thing I really want to know is the subscription fee is see if it's going to be a good deal to have all this stuff. And, you know, glad that it's there. But at the same time, I have my complaints about the comics and some of the TVs and movies being in rotation, which is a little bummer. More so on the comics front, I will say, because I was really hoping for something on like Marvel Unlimited. And I could kind of deal with the tv shows and movies being in rotation even though i wouldn't like it be to be that way but we have precedence for that with stuff like amazon prime and netflix so that kind of could have been expected even though i was hoping dc wouldn't go that route but with the comics that was something i was really really hoping would be you know the start of a nice collection of dc digital comics so um yeah just waiting for that price point i know dustin in his article here kind of made some comparisons to what it could be he said, you know, there's a uh, 
Warner Brothers Boomerang costs four ninety nine per month, thirty nine ninety nine annually. So he's guessing maybe it could be priced around six ninety nine or fifty nine ninety nine annually. Which, if it's something like that under the ten dollar range, I think that'd be worth it. And even with some of the flaws it looks to be having with the rotation stuff, so yeah, I'll probably still be signing up for it. I, like I said, I already signed up for the beta. Hopefully, I'll get access for that. And um, when it comes out, I'll be able to give a brief review on it and how it's operating and how things work on it. So I'm definitely still excited for it. I mean, I guess it just comes to the question as far as how much what this stuff, what you're looking forward to in the service, will it be worth it for you, whatever price range they have? I mean, are you mainly going to get it for the new TV shows? Is what they have announced going to be worth it for whatever the price they have on there? Are you looking more for the classic stuff? Is what's going to be on there going to be worth it? So that's why I just really anxious to see what that price point is. But I'm excited for the most of the stuff they're putting on there, not just the new the new shows, but you throw that in with the classic movies, the animated stuff. Uh, it's going to be cool to have on there. So looking forward to it. Just need to get a few more details before you know we get the final word on how the service is going to be. But at the same time, too, I agree. Look on what you were saying earlier, Dane. You're going to have to give it a chance. You can't just judge it right away when it first launches. There's going to be some bugs. There's going to be flaws with it. You kind of have to let it grow and evolve to become something that's going to be, you know, something that's more stable and hopefully what everyone's looking for. So kind of not to be quick to judge it too quickly <laughs> right yeah. when it comes out if it's not exactly how we want it. So yeah, we shall I, see. I, I think the price point is going to be more towards the 10 eleven dollar a month mm-hmm. range. Um maybe hundred dollars a year uh at the cheapest. Um mm-hmm. so yeah for me not really it's it's gonna be a wait and see. It's gonna Tim you're gonna be my beta tester. Yeah. <laughs> as you are in everything. <laughs> Pretty much but happy before, to do it. <laughs> before um and I di- I, I didn't ask for your advice. I didn't you know, wait and see for for you to tell me. And I went ahead and bought Street Fighter Five, and you said that it might not be that good. Um, From what I've heard, because I, I haven't played that one. Yeah, yeah. Have um, you tried it yet, though? No, I haven't tried it yet. Okay. Um, I did buy, uh, <laughs> after, after your su- suggestion, Tim, because I hold you in such a, your opinion in such high regard, I I did go out and uh, get the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection on Xbox. Ah, yes, I was about to ask um, that. We could play together. (laughs) So give me about a year to polish up up my skills because, it's like I said, it's been at least 15 years. I think the last Street Fighter I played was X3, EX3. Okay, man, so those ones are a different type of uh, Street Fighter. Those actually aren't even on the collector collection, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 30th anniversary collection. <laughs> I didn't think so because I think um, the collection is just one, two, and three in all of the different spinoffs, right? Yeah, it's yeah Street Fighter one. You, know, you got tons of Street Fighter two versions out there. So there's <laughs> a lot of those Street Fighter one, um, all the Alpha games, which are some of my favorites. Street Fighter Alpha three is probably up there as one of my all time favorite Street Fighter games. And then there's three versions of Street Fighter Three. So yeah, yeah. So the the last Street Fighter game I played was uh, is it X Three or is it EX Three? I always called it right? EX Three. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, so yeah, when did that come out? Like 2002? Uh, PlayStation Two. 
Yeah, it was actually a PlayStation 2 launch title, which was in 2000, so yeah, <laughs> it's almost yeah. 20 years ago. No, because I remember... Um, I remember... No, no, sorry. I'm misremembering. I, 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 right when I bought my PlayStation 2, I got uh, Sons of Liberty, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Sorry. Okay. Uh, but... Yeah, it's been it's been a while, Tim. So just give me some time. <laughs> I will. I'll give you some time. At the same, if I want to play a little sooner, I'll even be one of the characters I'm not good at <laughs> to give it a little more balance. But. Who's your uh, go-to? Usually Ryu. Oh, but with Street Fighter Two, I I know all the characters move on there, but some I'm better with others. But like with Ryu, Chun Li, Blanca are kind of like three go-tos for the street the original Street Fighter Two games. You know who my go-to is? You'll never guess it, Tim. From Street Fighter 2 or one of the newer ones? Uh, three. 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 Yeah. See, I'm not too familiar with some of those characters just yet. So, But I'll go with a classic one. I'll say... Uh, I'll say Dalsum. <laughs> How did you know, Tim? Because <laughs> you said you'll never guess it. I knew it had to be one of those strange characters. <laughs> How, how's it? <laughs> wow you, you just really really impressed me yeah. <laughs> you know he was the very first street fighter character i played really because i have seen people played at the arcades and i saw him oh man he could you know he stretches he has good distance for his attacks yeah. i go he's probably the best character because i don't have to get close to fight anyone i could be from a distance <laughs> and since he has his leg kicks stretch out i'd have the advantage because i'll be further away but my kicks and punches could reach him because it could stretch but i found out the hard way that didn't make too much difference unless you know how to use them yeah yeah <laughs> really mean, good <laughs> i i did not know anything about tree street fighter i didn't know anything about the characters i just picked Dawson because um i just liked his look mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i just like how he liked how he looked which speaking the, of looks yeah i don't know there's something about the character the artwork for Ryu when you pick him in Street Fighter the Champion Edition and even in Super Street Fighter 2 where he he, he looks like Bruce Wayne from the animated series. Really? Yeah, he has like kind of the same jaw, chin line a little bit. He reminds me of the Bruce Tim Bruce Wayne design <laughs> in certain in certain artworks on there. Even with so, the gi on? Uh, yeah, because uh, we've seen Bruce Oh, yeah, you're right. Gi, you're so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too far off. Man, I, 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 I love Street Fighter. Yeah. I don't know, have you seen the animated movie that came out in 1997, the anime? No. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that last week. It's been a while since I saw that. Yeah. But the fight scenes and the animation on it are great. But, man, the dub is awful. <laughs> 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 I, like, I didn't remember it being this bad. But, it's like, yeah. they didn't have the Japanese option on uh, – because I just watched it through Amazon Prime. Yeah. And they had it on there, but they didn't have the option to switch it to Japanese. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out now. Now that's on um, Amazon Prime. Yeah, just watch it for the fights. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you? Have you seen any of the movies? I, I I've only I only saw the first movie. I didn't see this. The is it the Secret of Chun Li? The the Legend, the Legend of Chun Li. Chun Li. Yeah. Right, right, right. I've never seen that one, but the first Street Fighter movie. <laughs> I absolutely love really? it is it is so bad and ridiculous but I love <laughs> it so much. <laughs> All I remember from that movie is uh M Bison with that 
chest thing. Yeah, don't that, think that revives uh, him back to yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, like that um, CPR. Yeah, chest <laughs> self chest thing. Oh man, it's really so ridiculous. There's great cheesy one liners. There's great like lines that you could tell are just overdubbed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's hilarious! I love it. You you've got me curious now, Tim. Yeah. So so I'm gonna have to rent it, and you'll hear next show like I'm the biggest Street Fighter fan. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be like the new Teen Ninja Turtle for you. Yeah. It's like the take take a franchise at its most awful and give it to me, and I'll end up loving it. Yeah. <laughs> you start with the bad, but then you realize there's some good in it. Then you find the great stuff. The great stuff. Right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, even the music in the Street Fighter 2 game is like one of my favorite video game soundtracks ever. Every stage in that soundtrack is great. The music is so good. From the character selection screen to each character stage, it's all unique and different. It's just so, so good. In uh, 3? No, Street Fighter 2. Oh, Street Fighter 2. Yeah, oh, so, the, the so, classic. So, so that's your, um, what, what introduced you mm-hmm. to uh, Street yeah. Fighter. Do you, you a know, lot of good memories of having like sleepovers with friends yeah. and stuff, staying up late playing that game on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Do you, or I'm sure you can, uh, can you guess what my introduction to Street Fighter was? Hmm. Since before, you had, you, yeah. before you got on the PS2? The EX3? Yeah, yeah, before EX3, yeah. Was it the actual movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it wasn't the movie. It was X Men versus Street Fighter. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's I, a great I, introduction. <laughs> yeah, I only got it because the X Men were on it. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's a great series. See, like, I wish they would do a collection of the Marvel versus Street Fighter games because there's a lot. Yeah. You got X Men versus Street Fighter, Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter, which is my personal favorite, and then you got the Capcom games. They could do a great collection on those. I didn't know until recently that that's a whole thing. You know the the X Men versus Street Fighter, of mm. course Mar- Marvel versus Capcom, but yeah, like I I had no idea that that was like a big thing. Yeah, I mean, there were some great games on there. Those came out kind of around the Street Fighter Alpha games because it has the same art style and kind of the same game mechanics. Yeah, so that's what it's like. And again, I was like the Alpha games are really great. So yeah, I want a collection of those ones too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that that that's our future topic. Uh, yeah, for not Street Fighter. Yeah, not Street. Not Street Fighter. The new DC Universe uh, streaming service. Uh, like Tim said, it's probably going to be available in the fall, and hopefully, you get into the uh, beta for that, Tim. Yep, I'll be sure to report on how it is if I do. Um, so now we can move on to our news and discussion topics. Um, our first piece of news, uh, speaking of uh, the price range of comics, Walmart is going to have 100-page giant comics. Um, this, oh, it should be coming out now. Yeah, like next right? week, at least yeah. July 1st. Yeah, yeah. So, Tim, are you going to pick these up? Uh, sadly, Dane, I don't think so. Uh, and I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of a good and bad thing, if you ask me. Good where DC's getting some comics you know, giving them exposures to, you know, the biggest probably store chain that's out there with Walmart. And, you know, that's good. They're going to reach some target audiences that probably normally would have go to comic shop. And if kids, people, whoever go to Walmart, sees these comics on there, pick them up, 
and that gets them into DC Comics and they go to other comic shops to get books regularly, I think that's a great thing. So hopefully, you know, I'm sure that's what their goal is. And if that happens, it'd be awesome. But at the same time, for someone who's already a comic collector, I don't see myself going to Walmart specifically for these 100-page giant comics, especially when, you know, they're going to be four ninety nine, And I'm already, you know, lessening my comic budget already with uh, the DC Comics now and with their price jump to $2.99, $3.99 pretty soon. So I'm probably not going to pick these up. And it is kind of a bummer that they're getting some stories that sound with some good creative teams on there. You got Brian Michael Bendis doing a 12-part Batman story. You got a 12-part Superman story by Tom King. Then you got some original series with Jimmy uh, Palmiotti, Amanda Connor, Dan Jurgens, and Tim Seeley. So there's good creative teams behind these books, um, but probably not going to be making the trip to Walmart to get them. But So that's the downside, I think, for some of the diehard and already comic collectors that are out there. I'm not sure if too many are going to make the extra trip to Walmart if they don't go there already just to get these 100 paid comics. But I'm all for DC trying to get more exposure to their characters to a massive wider audience. So I think overall it's a good thing, but it's probably not going to be something I'm going to get. Your, um, your Walmarts are so cool. I have to say, (laughs) (laughs) are they really? I don't know. (laughs) How bad are your Walmarts? Um, it's, it's Walmart, right? (laughs) Um, there's frozen food, there's kitchen supplies, there's, all, all your normal stuff, but then what I really like about your your WalMarts is that you have the fresh produce sections. Yeah, I just think that's so cool. I'm, I'm, see, I'm surprised you don't have those. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was like a standard for WalMarts. No, no, we don't have that. Um, I, every time I go to the mainland, like I'll, I'll go into Walmart, um, and just go through the produce section. I won't buy anything, but. Like I, I just go through the 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 produce section. I, <laughs> I it just blows my mind, and how you guys have the um, what is that called the plant section, like an outdoor okay. plant section. Yeah, the garden section. Yeah, the garden section. Yeah, that's crazy. Like like you can go there and buy pots and plants and stuff. It is really pretty much a one-stop shop for a lot of stuff you would need. So, can you buy fish over there? Like, I'm sure fish, you can fish for your fish tank. See, I I rarely shop at Walmart, so. Oh. <laughs> but I'm I'm sure they have most stuff you're looking for. Now I can throw comics into the mix. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess you can throw comics in there too. Um, so yeah, our next piece of news is that uh, the first image of Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva. Uh, has been revealed so tim i don't know about you but i thought they were actually going to show her as cheetah for some yeah. reason but it's, then, it's funny yeah uh, i'm sorry but i was gonna say because how i don't know how you, how you have your settings on twitter but i don't have it when i look at my timeline i have the picture preview or like where it's, it doesn't show you the picture on the way you have to click the actual tweet to see the image so when i saw patty jenkins tweet it says you know you know, here's uh, Barbara Minerva. I sh- Minerva. I should have thought, you know, she didn't say Cheetah on there, so probably yeah. wasn't going to be her. But I did get excited, thinking, "Oh, this is going to be Cheetah." And then we just got, you know, <laughs> it's still a cool image of Kristen Wiig, and you know, it's like this animal museum. We just you see a giraffe, you see a lion, you see like an antelope, just looking at everything. That's you know, 
foreshadowing her becoming Cheetah, I should say. So it's a cool image, but I don't know about you, but I kind of got a Michelle Pfeiffer, Selena Kyle vibe in this image when she was Max Shrek's secretary. Um, <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking and at I, the picture now, and it, I, I think, I think it's the um, uh, the hair. Yeah, I think it's the hair. Yeah. Yeah, hair and the glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the glasses too. Yeah, and I got to say, one thing I hope they don't do with her, which is kind of like an old superhero movie trope, is that you have the care, like the smart character, but who's unsure of themselves and like not overly confident, kind of like Selena Kyle and Batman Returns and Jim Carrey's Edward Nigma and Batman Forever, and even uh, more recently, uh, Jamie Foxx's uh, portrayal of Electro, when they're kind of like the smart smart people but like i said kind of a little bit insecure and not sure of themselves and they get these powers and they kind of show like get back at those who you know <laughs> did them wrong and all that i hope that's not going to be the case with uh barbara Ann and cheetah here because just recently in uh, uh greg rucka's uh wonder woman run where it did a great job with the origin for wonder woman and barbara I keep calling her Barbara Ann because she was in the comics, but Patty Jagan just called her Barbara Minerva here, so maybe they're going to drop the Barbara Ann. But uh, I just love how they did the character as far as her transformation in Cheetah there. She wasn't kind of like that um, nerdy person who wasn't, you know, like insecure, not sure of themselves and all that type of thing, but was confident in, you know, her her field of work and, you know, became the Cheetah, just amplify that even more. So I hope they don't go that trope I was just talking about with you know, that we've seen already other superhero movies but it just I just couldn't help but think that when I saw how she resembles and reminded me of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman so um, I hope I'm hoping that we get our first look at Cheetah at Comic-Con we know Gal Gadot's going there and while it's possible she could bring a trailer I mean they just started filming they could bring a little teaser or scissor reel uh, but if we don't get that, I'm hoping we get our first look at Cheetah there because I think that'd be a pretty cool reveal to get at Comic Con. I just can't wait to see how Cheetah's going to look, and because we know there's a lot of different designs she's had over the years, over her course of appearing in Wonder Woman stories. So I'm curious which design they're going to go for. So uh, hopefully it won't be that much longer. But cool to get a little tease right here from Patty Jenkins. Is uh, Kristen Wiig going to be there? Um, I'm not sure. Right now, all we know right now for sure is Gal Gadot's going. Still, okay. I could see something where maybe, you know, Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot, and Kristen would go because they do that sometimes where in the middle of filming, they bring the cast down for a day just to, you know, kind of show up and get people excited for it. So I can see them doing that for this also. You know what I think DC slash Warner Brothers needs to do? What's that? You know how last or a couple Comic Cons ago, um, uh, Lucasfilm did the the whole like panel thing and then oh we have a surprise for you and they all went to petco park yeah mm-hmm. and then they had the fireworks mm-hmm. uh, the john show. williams concert yeah. yeah and the john williams concert i think uh i think dc needs needs to do something like that yeah that would be cool even if they just want to blatantly rip off what lucasfilm did and have yeah. a concert <laughs> They got enough good musical themes from, you know, Superman, 89 Batman movies, the Dark Knight trilogy, Man of Steel. They could put on a good show. Yeah, exactly. I think they need to do something like that. That would be really cool, actually. Um, And this is their chance to really dominate Comic-Con because Marvel is not going this year. And they could just come out with a bang, have some great trailers. And if they do something special like that, like you were talking about with a concert show, they could be the talk of San Diego (laughs) if they do it right. (laughs) And the talk of Petco Park. Yeah, (laughs) 
because we know it's not the Padres right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's it for um, our news and discussion topics. So now we can get into a conversation with Alex slash listener feedback. Yep, and as always, Jordan sends in an email, and he begins by saying, Hey, Tim and Dane and Alex, neither of you guys mentioned the upcoming video game that I'm most looking forward to, so I'll go ahead and do so. Lego DC Supervillains. This game looks like so much fun. I love the Lego Batman video game, so I'm very excited to play this unique new game in the style of those. There are going to be a ton of DC villains in it, and it's going to feature the crime syndicate. I think it's going to be a blast. Well, I'm probably going to sound like a bad DC fan right here, but... I wasn't even aware of the Lego DC Supervillains game. I don't. I think it's mainly coming from an oversaturation of Lego games, to be honest, because it's just kind of hard to keep track with all the ones that have been out <laughs> over the years. And it's been a while since I played any, so I think I've just fallen off of the wagon as far as keeping track of all the Lego DC games that have been out over the years. But um, I'll have to check this at least the trailer out to see if you're saying it's kind of a u- new, unique way uh, for this game. So I'll have to check the trailer out and see how it is. But he continues saying, I'm honestly happy about Jeff John shifting roles in DC. He's an amazing writer. And this is going to give him more time to do that since he won't have to worry about the business and logistical side of things so much anymore. It sounds like this will finally give him time to finish Volume 3 of Batman Earth 1, which I've been waiting three years for at this point. Man, has it been three years already since Volume 2? <laughs> Doesn't seem like it, but it's probably accurate. Um, but he says, I absolutely adore the first two Batman Earth One graphic novels, and I need that Catwoman tease from the second one to finally be paid off. There is probably no better, no one better in the world to be writing Green Lantern Corps, so that is very exciting that he'll be doing that as well. The new images of Wonder Woman 1984, I'm pumped about this now officially being revealed as the title, and Aquaman are awesome. In terms of the Steve Trevor one, I think, and I'm hoping that Chris Pine is either playing one of Steve's descendants, like on the Wonder Woman TV shows, or a hallucination of the original Steve. I hope he won't be, and don't think he will be, the real original Steve. The first thing I thought of when I saw the photo of Diana looking at all the TV monitors was Bruce and Lucius using the surveillance technology in The Dark Knight. The second thing I thought of was Ozymandias and Watchmen. Anyways, it's a cool photo, and I'm eager to find out exactly what's going on there. It looks like all the theories about the film being set in 1984 being an an intentional connection to the novel 1984 could wind up being spot on, as apparently, I never read it, the novel deals with surveillance. The third image we got of Wonder Woman in full costume looks incredible too. As for the Aquaman photos, I'm with Tim. I'm in awe of them. Mara and Chase Meridian's, or uh, I mean Queen Atlantia's costumes both look amazing. I kind of forgot about that, that Nicole Kimmon is getting another shot in the DC Universe (laughs) this time as uh, the Queen of Atlantis. Have they released any pictures of her um yeah she was part of those first those batches released in the entertainment weekly article oh there's one where I, she's holding looks like a, a young arthur curry in her arms giving him to his father played by timmy or morrison but we only see the back of timmy or morrison's head but we get a clear shot of uh, nicole kidman though uh, i don't even remember that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they're still on there you can go look them up <laughs> Um, but Jordan continues saying, I am as enamored with Black Manta's helmet as David Kane. That's what the Entertainment Weekly article called him. So I guess they might be changing his last name for the movie in this photo of him. The photo of Aquaman and Ocean Master facing off is so intense. 
to quote Jared Leto's Joker, more on him in a second. And I'm already intimidated by Patrick Wilson's role in of Ocean Master just by looking at that image. The images of Mara and Arthur talking to Vocal and then on land together, both images featuring what looks like a map, lead me to believe perhaps the two photos are related and that Arthur and Mara will be on some sort of quest in the film, which could be really cool. Okay, on to Leto's Joker. I love what we saw of him in Suicide Squad and have been eager to see more of him ever since then. So personally, I am extremely excited that he has got a solo movie also in development. I could totally see them taking some inspiration from Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo's outstanding Joker graphic novel, which I feel uh, set the template for how to tell a great solo Joker story with little to no involvement from Batman. I'm curious whether the Joker and Harley Quinn project is still on the table or whether WB has decided to move forward with separate projects from each for each character. Birds of Prey for Harley and this film for the Joker. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, Jordan, about taking the Joker comic from Brian Azzarello, Lee Bermejo as, you know, a good starting point for a solo Joker film because it is a great story just focusing on the Joker. But I'm kind of hoping that's going to be the case for the Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> potential, I should say, starring Joker movie. Um, so I, don't, I, I still think it's kind of strange that they have two of these in production <laughs> or I shouldn't say in production, but on the table uh, for Warner Brothers. But I found it interesting that Jared Leto just got cast as the Spider-Man character Mobius, um, who's kind of a vampire so he's going to be going to the Marvel side of things as well. And I know a lot of, got a lot of people talking, oh, does this mean that he's not going to do uh, the Joker movie? But it's probably still possible he can do both because who knows when this Joker movie is ever going to happen. Yeah, but, that's that. That's weird because it seems like he's doing all of the spinoffs of the main, main series now. Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, like I, I bet you he's going to be, be playing uh, Boba Fett. Oh, don't when, say that. Uh, <laughs> Do not say that. <laughs> he can be in the movie if he wants, but just don't be Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> just don't be Boba Fett. Who is going to be think, playing Boba Fett? Uh, it's simple. I mean, if Lucasfilm wants to go back to the route where they want to keep him, like, where his face is the mask where he never takes out the helmet, yeah. that's fine. But you just get Timmy Moore Morrison to do the voiceover for it. That's all you need. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'd be totally yeah. good with that. Yeah, just do a James Earl Jones. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Still, you know, all those talk of rumors about Lucasfilm putting standalone films on hold and they're going to take a step yeah. back. I still think we're going to get that Boba Fett movie, and that's the one I'm most excited for. <laughs> that and the Obi-Wan film. Are the, they're gonna, are going to stop the standalone movies eventually. Just give us those two movies, and I'll be happy. <laughs> Jared Leto is going to pull double duty. He's going to be playing Boba Fett, and he's going to be playing Obi-Wan. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say such heresy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do think, though, Jared Leto is a good casting choice for Morbius. Yeah. I mean, he, he <laughs> could, I think he could play a good vampire. <laughs> <laughs> but Jordan continues his email saying, you bring wait, up a wait, good point. Tim. Oh. <laughs> I don't think you understand what you just said. What did I just say? He, Jared Leto would be a good vampire. Okay. Right? And what are vampires? <laughs> the undead, the living dead. <laughs> you're, you're gonna, you're, I assume you're trying to tie this into him playing the Boba Fett Obi Wan connection. There, is that where you're going with it? <laughs> exactly, Tim. 
Oh, like because Obi Wan's dead now, and supposedly Boba Fett's dead because of the Sarlacc pit, which I don't believe he is. But <laughs> how did he make it out of that? You see, I'm tired of this, Tim. How did he? That's make why it out we of need that? the Boba Fett movie to settle it once and for all. <laughs> okay, so somehow he climbed up the throat of the Sarlacc. Hmm. Wait, we know how good those Mandalorian armors are, and who knows what tech and stuff he has in that suit maybe that he modified for him to get out of there and he still just well there's jetpack you know han solo kind of messed it up when yeah he but, but i mean here's the thing he didn't how do i say this tim he didn't make his armor expecting to meet a sarlacc one time mm-hmm. but maybe right? he, he made his armor preparing it for situations like that though you never know yeah, but what situation w- would you find yourself in? He, he could be aware of Sarlaccs and, you know, creatures like them where you might need protection in case he happens to fall into one. I don't know. But yeah, it's a big yeah. galaxy out there. Yeah, but Tatooine is a outer rim planet, right? He's been there before, though. When he was there in A New Hope, he could have, you know, these are about the Sarlacc pit, made some modifications to the suit. Tim, he didn't survive the Sarlacc. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he, hey, he didn't make it out. We're going to get the official canon story at some point. There's been hints about it already in some of the books, but nothing definitive yet. And I think it's coming. He didn't make Just it wait. out, Tim. He didn't make it out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Boba <laughs> uh, well. Fett got eaten by the Sarlacc. Watch, he's going to show up in episode nine. It's like, how, yeah. <laughs> it's like, We're going to get it sooner he... rather than later. And then, I mean, he would of course have to explain how he got out. Maybe he, <laughs> maybe he shot through the throat of the sarlacc or something. He still got his jetpack missile. I mean, his jetpack might not allow him to fly, but he has, still has that missile attached to it. <laughs> I guessed him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure whatever official way they reveal is going to be better than any idea I had, though. But he's going to make it out. Just you watch. Or maybe he got, he came out through the other end. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. There's a standalone movie. <laughs> I know. There's a sta- there is a survival story I want to hear from Boba Fett. There is a standalone movie I'd like to hear. You, you, you see, let's let's sort of just imagine the movie in our head right so let's redo the whole concept of the movie it's a survival movie now it's yeah it's pretty much a survival movie now he comes out the other end of gets pooped out of the sarlacc <laughs> <laughs> but the journey to how he gets there that's where the movie's gonna take place in, huh? <laughs> and, and, and then he's in the pit right and he has to fight his way out he has to fight a sarlacc and, and the other people that the Sarlacc has eaten before yeah. him in the sail barge battle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait for this <laughs> movie now. <laughs> That's the way they're oh, going. <laughs> yeah, the, the, Lucasfilm's not going to worry about any box office failure with that premise. No way. No way. <laughs> I mean, just to see Boba Fett come out the other end of a Sarlacc would be enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's going to be called, Boba Fett, the other end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it rates yeah. itself, Tim. It yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh could... uh, sorry. Speaking of which, uh, did you guys answer my question on the saga continues? That would be a negative because we still haven't recorded our episode oh, <laughs> since no. you sent to that email. <laughs> okay, I'll, I, I guess I'll wait another week. You know, hopefully it'll be this week we'll record one. That's yeah. the plan. <laughs> but I still got it, so it'll be oh, ready. good, good. But speaking of emails, let's continue on with Jordan's. Yeah. He goes, you bring up a good point, Tim, that perhaps the number of episodes that uh, Cameron Bikendova heard from season five is simply the number of episodes that you will be in. Speaking of Gotham, of course, uh, that's certainly possible. I also heard someone theorize and perhaps there will be a couple of two-parters in the season that are being counted as one episode as a piece as far as the episode count goes, which would technically get Gotham to 12 episodes they need from syndication if that were the case. Anyway, I can't wait for Gotham uh, Season 5 to premiere. Cameron also said in that Instagram video that she heard it was set to premiere in January 2018. So let the countdown commence. Uh, the gift card I won at the Batman trivia was for uh, Battle and Brew, the bar that was hosting it. So <laughs> well, I guess we got a question answered, Dana. It wasn't just oh, okay. a gift card anywhere. <laughs> oh, so it's... I mean, it, uh, I'm just wondering what kind of... I mean, I haven't seen the pictures... But I'm just wondering what kind of like bar it is. Is it is it more like a Buffalo Wild Wings or is it more like a Chili's or is mm. it just like a straight or just like a regular bar? You know, I mean, it, Jordan. I guess my question is to you: Is the gift card worth it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in or are you going to go back to that bar and drink or is it like a sit down restaurant kind of thing or? You know, so so that's my question to you, Jordan. I guess we'll find out in our next episode. With <laughs> next email. <laughs> I suppose I can just ask him on Twitter or on email or if you're whatever. Just really dying to know, Dane. <laughs> we just but, eating you up inside. <laughs> but I have to hear it first on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of social media, he says, Dane, thanks for following him on Instagram, and that he followed you back. Oh, Which good, I'm sure good. if you noticed by now. Unless no, I, you haven't I, been I, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been. I'm sorry, Jordan, I didn't notice. I um I turned all the alerts off of Instagram and I haven't been on since I we were reading your email since literally a week ago today. <laughs> <laughs> well now you have one new follower waiting for you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. But he continues saying, Tim, you are indeed correct that The Edge from U2 did the original theme for the Batman, and it's amazing. That theme was used during season one and season two, after which it was replaced with a new show theme composed by Andy Sturmer. The second theme, which I also love, was used for the rest of the series' run. The intro itself was also altered in season three to coincide with the new theme music and to feature Batgirl, who was introduced that season. And then it was changed once again in season four to feature Robin, who was introduced to in that season and the new Batmobile, which was introduced midway through Season 3. The intro used in Season 4 was used in both Season 4 and 5. For reference, here's the Season 1-2 intro, and the Season 3 intro, and here's the Season 4-5 intro. And he sent uh, YouTube links for those intros and videos, which I'll have to check out, because I don't remember the themes for those other seasons. It's the main one from Seasons 1 and 2, so I'll have to check those out. Um, I was glad to hear you mostly love Batman 48, Tim. I didn't feel the same way you did about the criticisms you do have, so please allow me to explain why. Spoilers. I feel that the Joker is 
The Joker accidentally killing the hostages is a way of further illustrating his sheer insanity. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? It's not that he's being aloof or incompetent. It's a way of showing how killing is just second nature to him. He doesn't even think about it. I find that absolutely terrifying. As for Batman kneeling to pray with the Joker at the end, I felt that it was an unsettling it was unsettling in a good way. In the same way that Batman laughing with the Joker after Zolly's done in the killing joke. And was even referenced in Batman forty eight is unsettling too. Not sure if this will sway you, and it's totally fine if it doesn't, but I just figured I'd give my two cents about why I love those aspects of the issue. Yeah, as far as the image of Batman and Joker kind of praying, I didn't really have a problem with that at all. I think you said it was kind of striking and unsettling to see them both do that. I just figured Batman could have easily took out Joker's gun <laughs> from his hand if he wanted to. But uh, the whole premise of that scenario I thought was done really well. And yeah, as far as the Joker just, you know, killing those hostages and not knowing it, I get what you're saying there. And I do agree with it for the most part. But just his reaction afterwards is what really kind of makes it not work for me. Just how he's just shocked by it himself and how he couldn't believe he did it. I mean, I can believe him not like just killing people at random and even kind of as like a, you know, natural instinct for him. But to him for being surprised by it is the thing that gets me. So it's something I still have a little issue with. But he goes on to say, moving on to Batman 49. Spoilers, I thought this was just amazing and just as terrifying as its predecessor. First off, I love seeing Catwoman come to the rescue um, of the love of her life from his greatest enemy, as was teased at the end of issue 48. Once they fight and Catwoman and the Joker both strike blows, almost the entirety of the rest of the issue is just one long, extremely unsettling conversation between the two of them. Tom King's writing here is stellar. There's edge of your seat suspense throughout. The way it ends with the final image of Catwoman laughing may haunt me forever. Now that it's over, I can say that in my eyes, the best man ranks um, up there with the killing joke and Joker in terms of the best Joker comics of all time. I was blown away. After waiting so long, I can't believe uh, we finally can say that the very next issue of Batman is the wedding. My excitement levels absolutely through the roof. I just went shopping for some more wedding attire at my local comic shop last night and bought a new Bat-Cat t-shirt featuring the image of them from Jim Lee's cover of the 15th anniversary deluxe edition of Hush. I've been reading and enjoying immensely all of the prelude to the wedding issues leading up to July 4th, which have all been excellent so far. I watched King's interview on Late Night with Seth Meyers and loved it too, Tim. His story about being great at going undercover as a CIA agent because no one would suspect someone carrying around a stack of comics to be one was hilarious. And I, was, and I always love hearing King talk about his own Love for his wife is the inspiration for how he writes Batman and Catwoman's relationship. We've already seen the art, of course, but we finally got the final main covers for Batman 50 and Catwoman number one. And they're both beautiful. July 4th, here we come. Batcat forever from the first kiss to the last. Okay, oh. Tim. So I'm looking at um, the the picture, Jordan's Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. and there's a picture, like a group shot. And I'm looking in the background, and it seems like it's a sit-down restaurant, or it's kind of both. Um, looks like they're standing in front of the bar, mm. and then it looks like there's tables to their to the right of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, I saw those pictures as well. It definitely looked like your typical like restaurant slash bar, but you never know. There could be more to it, maybe with some like more games or like arcade stuff there. Yeah, and I did see a Magic the Gathering stand behind Jordan's head. So mm, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's just like a kind of like a comic store slash bar slash restaurant. 
all in one. Which sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had something like that <laughs> locally here. But but I think I've answered my own question, but I, I, I'd like to hear what the real answer is. Yeah. If there's anything else that makes it really cool, yeah, let us know, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, because there's only, I, I can only go off that one picture because the other ones, it looks like it's, uh, they are selfies and it's kind of close in, so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And as always, Jordan has a couple of questions uh, to wrap up this email. And he goes, to celebrate the wedding, they're both going to be Bat-Cat related for this episode. So his first question is, which will probably only be geared towards me, Dane, since you haven't <laughs> read most of Tom yeah. King's run. He right. says, what have been your top five favorite Bat-Cat moments from throughout uh, Tom King's run so far? There are so, so many for me. So this is really hard. But here it goes. Number five, Bruce and Selena's first kiss in the Batman annual, number two. Number four, the final scene in Batman 14. Number three, Bruce and Selena's last kiss in Batman annual number two. Number two, Selena saying yes to Bruce's proposal in Batman number 32. And Jordan's number one choice, Batman's proposal to Catwoman in Batman number 24. Um, For me, uh, mine's going to be a little similar, some other choices, but number five is not necessarily a moment but the story the double date story where bruce and selena go on a double date with clark and lois i just love that story from the first one where they're batman and catwoman were talking to each other talking about superman and lois and clark talking about batman that was great build up but then when they went to that fair together they had to dress up and disguise as each other it was really fun it was a lot of great conversation between those characters so i go with that one the number four bruce's proposal his first one I just like how that came right after um, the button story arc where uh, Thomas Wayne was telling Bruce to live his life, not as Batman, but to to be happy. And that kind of what prompted him to propose to Selena. So I like how that came off the heels of the button, which I just love. Then number three would be the end of the war of jokes and riddles uh, for two reasons. Like you mentioned, Jordan, one of them being Selena saying yes, but also coming off of the moment of Batman feeling guilty for what he did during that story arc, but how Catwoman or Selena was there for his, for her support to give to him. And then just, you know, saying it didn't matter for wanting to kill the Riddler, but the Joker stopped him and that it, it doesn't matter. to that's not who he is. So this is a great way to have her say yes to the proposal. And then number two, I'm going to go with the end of the Batman annual number two, great story. Like, like you always referred to Jordan. I mean, it's just a great kind of end cap of this is where their relationship was to go. And just, I liked how Bruce, even though he was gone, left that cat in the Batmobile for Selena saying he loved to do just a great way to kind of end their relationship. If that was the way it was going to go with <laughs> the events lead to that with Bruce and Selena living to old age together. And then number one, um, it's kind of something that's been happening throughout Tom King's run, but it's something I always love. It's with Batman and Catwoman arguing on how they first met and going back and forth about Batman saying they met on the boat, which was Catwoman's first appearance in Batman number one. And Selena saying, no, it was happened when we met on the street, which was took place in the Batman year one story. So I like how Tom King inter- incorporates both of those first meetings between the two characters and they can't come to an agreement as far as when they met. So I just love that thread that's been playing on since the pretty much the beginning of the run. So that's been great. And then Jordan's second question is, what are your top five favorite live action Batcat moments? Again, this is so hard for me and that's my fault. Um, because I'm the one asking the questions, but here we are. Uh, number five, the Bat-Cat rooftop fight scene in The Dark Knight Rises. Number four, the Bat-Cat kiss from the end of Gotham Season 4, Episode 21, One Bad Day. Number three, the scene at the charity ball in The Dark Knight Rises. Number two, 
the yes, just not about her scene from Gotham season two, episode 10, the son of Gotham. And number one, the end of the Dark Knight Rises. I'm including both the bat cat kiss and the scene at the cafe in this one scene. Um, well, I guess I'll disagree with you right off the bat as far as my number one choice, Jordan. It's going to be the ending of The Dark Knight Rises. Just Again, I've said it many times since the movie has come out now. If you're going to have a story that ends Bruce Wayne's time as Batman and he gets, and he gets a happy ending, it's going to be better than him being off with Selena Kyle and then Alfred seeing him be happy there. So that's definitely my number one for live action. The number two is going to be that rooftop fight scene in The Dark Knight Rises. It was great to have a, a sequence where Batman and Catwoman do fight together because that's always something they do, even though they uh, come to blows with each other. But they plenty of times, more often than not, fight with each other as well. And it was great to see that in live action. The number three, I'm going to go with their first fight they had in Batman Returns, kind of the opposite. But again, Batman and Catwoman always have their uh, rumbles as well. So to get that in live action was great, too, for the first time as well. And then number four, I'm going to go with uh, the first meeting that Bruce and Selina had in The Dark Knight Rises where Selina breaks into Bruce's safe and steals the pearls. I kind of like how they both one-up each other as far as outsmarting one another. Bruce selling that he knows she stole the pearls, and then she's able to get away from him. So this is a great first interaction between the both of them and how Bruce be- kind of becomes infatuated with her and then what leads to the end of the movie. So this is a great first introduction. And then number five, I'm going to go with Kind of similar to your Jordan, with the ball scene with their dancing in The Dark Knight Rises, but I'm going to go with Batman Returns. I just like that moment where they realize they're talking to each other and then they find out that, oh, you're a Catwoman and you're Batman. <laughs> and then that line where Selena says, does this mean we have to start fighting? So I just like that whole moment, how they realize uh, who who they are in regards to Batman and Catwoman. So those would be my five choices. But how about you, Dan? What are some of your favorite Batman Catwoman moments in live action? I'm going to have to break your rule, um, Jordan. Uh, I'm going to say Batman and Catwoman in Gotham by Gaslight. I just really like the dynamic. Um, Yeah, I guess Dark Knight Rises and then um, uh, Batman Returns. Um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't get the vibe like I did... Uh, with Dark Knight Rises that I did with uh, Batman Begins when it comes to Batman and Catwoman. I don't know if it's just a nostalgia thing, but um, I don't know. I just like the relationship better in Batman uh, Returns. Mm. So, yeah. Well, that's it. Fair, but interesting, because that could be a whole other topic if we wanted <laughs> the differences between the relationship between the both movies and how different they are. But yet, right. they still both work for the most part. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. Jordan concludes his email saying, this is my last email before Batman and Catwoman finally tie the knot. So see you guys on the other side. Best. So, yeah, next email from Jordan could be very interesting, depending how the next issue of Batman number 50 ends if they do a tie the knot or something happens where they don't get married. So <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one, but we're looking forward to it just as you are, Jordan. So thanks as always for the email. So Jordan, the next email is going to be like an hour and 30 minutes, right? Worth of <laughs> <laughs> time. We'll make the email the feature topic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank you, Jordan. And, uh, now we can move on to our comic book reviews. And for this episode, we only have one issue, Tim, Batman number 49. Yeah. Sadly, again, like I said, my comic 
budget <laughs> taking a bit of a hit and detective comics was a casualty because somewhere because they had just ended the arc with james uh tynan, tynan. hopefully i said tynan. that right right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so since it's ended it might be a good time to take a break and maybe once i'm able to you know get my comic book budget back up again i'll pick up on it but right now uh it's just going to be the main batman title so that's what we're going to be reviewing on this episode all right so our like we say at the beginning of every single comic book review section um there's going to be a lot of spoilers for this one book (laughs) so um yeah just pause it right now if you haven't read your books and go read it and then come back to this part so um, our rating scale for this episode is going to be, um, what's it going to be? We got, a, we got a lot of choices to choose from, like between Jurassic Park, Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was, I was thinking, I don't know if that'll work though, but, um, amounts of Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, uh, saving coupons to get into the park. <laughs> <or> something like <laughs> that. <laughs> How many Jurassic World coupons you would need to there you go <laughs> get into Jurassic world for yeah. free <laughs> or at least at least affordable yeah right? there you go <laughs> to make okay. Jurassic park a Jurassic world affordable well, that sounds good yeah <laughs> all right so yeah batman number 49 and so this one as jordan alluded to taking off or taking place right after the end of batman 48 where selena kyle jumps in to save batman and I got to say right off the bat, I'll go ahead and reveal what I thought. I thought this issue was great. I mean, I didn't have any nitpicks like I had with the first one regarding the Joker. This one really felt like the Joker and, you know, what motivates him and how he acts. And it's just a great dialogue conversation between two, you know, classic Batman villains, Joker and Catwoman. It would just worked really, really well in the scenario they were put in. So right away, I just like the dialogue Joker has the first word is remember the good old days talking to Catwoman and he describes penguin and his umbrellas riddler and his puzzles ivy and the plants scarecrow and his gas mad hatter and the hats two-face and the twos freeze and the cold you and the cats and me with the smile he goes it was all so fun but then he calls out uh, Catwoman saying you know it was kind of strange we all had fun and it was we all smiled but you you didn't laugh at all like you were you never laughed and she goes, you're right. That is all. That is odd. And then they just go into their fight, which is a pretty cool fight sequence that's played out in these panels. I mean, Joker just firing his gun. And then we see Catwoman flipping and doing somersaults, avoiding the blast and taking cover. And just really quickly paced. You get the way it was drawn and laid out. You just really get the feeling of Catwoman dodging those bullets and making her way to Joker to finally use her whip to make him fall and trip on his feet. And um, she goes in for the attack. But I kind of strike both of them strike critical blows to each other catwoman goes in with a scratch on joker's neck but as she does joker pretty much shoots her right in the gut and both of them are down for the count and this is pretty much the majority of the issue is just them lying on the floor talking to each other i just like it's a conversation about different things and them they're reminiscing about the past when the villains they interacted with like penguin and harvey dent and all that and each, pretty much each page is a different time period of them just on the floor struggling to survive. It doesn't give an exact amount of time that passes. It just says later pretty much on each page. And each time it says later, it gives you a different conversation uh, that they're talking about. And there's some really good ones here. And 
like I said, them kind of reminiscing about them working with other villains. Then you got one with Joker having an idea, asking Catwoman for a favor. Can you, uh, you know, go over there, get the gun, bring it to me so I can uh, shoot you because I can't take uh, my hands off my neck or I'll bleed out. <laughs> so there's fun stuff like that. And then there's also, again, they go back to how she wasn't uh, laughing the whole time and Catwoman explains why uh, about, because it's because, you know, they never won against Batman and she likes to win. And just different ways of showing their ideals and how differently they worked as Batman villains, but yet still being classic villain, classic Batman villains because of their differences. It's just all really great stuff. And there's even one panel where Joker just congratulates them on getting married and what's the wedding going to be like? Like, is it going to all the superheroes going to be there? And so it's like goes to reminiscing to casual conversation and then to real like deep hard looks as far as their lives and what they meant to Batman. And that was pretty much the best part of their conversation that I just love that gets into why the Joker is doing what he does and why he's always the best Batman villain in turn, why Catwoman is one of the best too. Um, I just like the conversation uh, where Joker just as, you know, we all love, uh, we all love Batman. We wanted him to love us, but you know, he only loved you. Like, why is that? And of course, Catwoman jokes saying, I'm just prettier. <laughs> and she goes, but then goes, you know, I know him. And he, Joker kind of, kind of laughs at that saying you know like you you know he created me i'm like chaos to his order i killed robins i killed thousand i give him meaning like i the way i've hurt him i know him just as well as you do and then catwoman kind of calls him out saying you know that's your problem you just see the costume and like the frown and like all the misery he has and so he thought you know the way you'd give him more misery to counter that but since she knows batman like they're kind of similar people as tom king has expressed since the beginning of the run is while there's pretty much made for each other and right for each other Catwoman tells him you know he really wants happiness behind all that as then as Catwoman calls joker out on that joker calls her out in his response that i just absolutely love where he goes oh really you don't think i didn't know that of course i know he wants happiness you know he even says he's me and i'm him and of course like i said he wants that and i could give him that peace and happiness if i wanted to all I had to do was kill everyone, like all the supervillains, and he'd be happy. But then Joker goes, you know, I can't do that. And this is his whole point of the story arc to why he goes into, you know, wanting to stop their wedding. He goes, if you marry him, he'll find joy. And Batman being, you can't be Batman and also be happy. Like Batman happiness can't exist. That's why I can't allow you to marry him. And that's why I have to kill you. And so it just speaks perfectly of what the Joker is all about and at, at one point he goes you know after issues about the end, he goes it's time like i have to do it selena you know i'm sorry you know he even says i love you was <laughs> kind of thinking back to all the time that's meant to super villains but he goes i have to save batman i need him you know i need him to to beat me to bleed me he goes pretty much saying what the joker said in the dark knight where he goes tells batman you know you complete me joker's saying it kind of in a different way but getting the same point across here he goes you know if it makes He's like the last thing he tells Batman, he goes, or not Batman, but Catwoman, he goes, if you make him happy and if he isn't Batman, he goes, it's just not fun. And it, that's what Joker and the Batman relationship boils down to a lot while Joker needs Batman. Again, going back to the Dark Knight, he goes, I won't kill you because you're too much fun. I just love how Tom King brought that out here in this issue in a different way. And Joker realizing, you know, him marrying Catwoman could mean to <laughs> his relationship with Batman. 
And then it ends with, you know, Joker collapses. He's not able to shoot Catwoman and Catwoman kind of holds him. Then Bruce comes to, he just like asking Catwoman if, if she's okay. And he goes, well, we'll get through this. Everything will be all right. Then as Jordan alluded to his email, the issue ends in a very creepy way with Catwoman just laughing hysterically like she's been, you know, infused with the Joker toxin. And the last page is just her just smiling, just laughing hysterically. And the issue ends. So it was kind of a strange way to end it because it kind of leaves it on an ominous note that uh, Catwoman's been infected by Joker toxin or something. But we know that's not the case because next issue's the wedding. So I think she's just having um, this reaction to, I guess, kind of in a weird way, like respect for the Joker. Not respect, but after everything they've been through together as being villains for Batman and working together on certain instances, I guess she's, I guess, laughing at that whole thing and. It's kind of strange. You can look at it different ways, I guess. But I guess I just kind of took it as her laughing at, in her own way, as everything that Joker was saying of her knowing that it's true and kind of doing that, laughing that way, showing that. So great issue. It's a lot of great dialogue in here between Joker and Catwoman and Wilder too, or they are two of the best Batman villains ever. And to see him kind of acknowledge that and explore that in different ways in this issue before the big wedding i thought was a great precursor to that and the great storage you have so the short two issue story arc but it is really really good i mean despite my little complaints in the first issue about how joker acted was killing those uh, hostages you know kind of without realizing it all that aside it was a very very solid story and this issue in particular was the highlight so i'm gonna go ahead and i really don't have anything to complain about in this one so i'm gonna go ahead and give it five out of five Jurassic World coupons that you would need to hopefully make the trip affordable. <laughs> so hopefully five coupons are enough to get yourself to Costa Rica. <laughs> I don't think it'll be five, Tim. I think you I know. <laughs> we need to have a thousand rating scale. <laughs> like that. Um, so that's it for our show. Uh, just go to the BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse, Twitter handle's at BatmanUniverse, the show's Twitter handle is at BatfansPodcast, Tim's Twitter handle's at TimG31, you know what, at TimG311. Well, two episodes in a row, yeah. thank you Dave. <laughs> and my Twitter handle's at DaneSaysBanana, uh, you can email the show like Jordan at BatfansWithoutPants at gmail.com. So with that, like we see at the end of every single episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you with all of our bat, cat, and dinosaur hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and Street Fighter hearts. <laughs> I should have added Street Fighter, darn it. <laughs> well, let me say it again. With all of our bat, cat, dinosaur, and Street Fighter hearts. There we there go. We go. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>